0: So I'm going to walk you through a couple of passages this morning. and i got to be honest with you. Justin is always so kind and always so gracious with me. I end up having pages and pages and pages of notes and scriptures and things to share with you. And, and Justin is just so kind. He says, Nick, you know, over the next month, I want you to share about uh, the power and presence of God. And half of me is just like, this is so this is so difficult to do from a human aspect. Right. Let me just make one thing very, very clear outside of the the renewal work of Jesus. There is no understanding. You're just going to be perplexed we need to understand the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and receive it and take it on Hello. in order to begin to understand who the spirit is, what he's doing, and how he's moving in and through us. So so to be very, very clear, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not some magical force. It's not something that, that you can will or imagine Or or mimic or or fake or create. You can't he's not some magical potion. He's a person. And and he's inviting us to live under his guidance, under his presence, under, under his relationship. See, see this here's one thing that I've come to know the Holy Spirit will never force upon you passion. The Holy Spirit will never force upon you passion. He'll only offer you his relationship. He'll only offer you his presence. And in his presence, we become passionate. In his presence, our lives are filled with faith and love and hope. In his presence, in his relationship, our lives begin to well up with these, with these understandings that are not common, that are not common to man outside of Jesus. And so it's essential that we come to Jesus first, that we understand who Jesus is and what Jesus is offering us. And, and, and I want to begin the conversation right there. John chapter 3. <sighs> Many of us us are familiar with this story, but this is where I want to begin. So I think it's just extremely relevant to us. John chapter 3, verse 1, I'm just going to read. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, come from God. I really really like I think this passage is a great place to begin. Cause so I think Nicodemus is a perfect example of I'd like to say us, but I'm gonna say the the individual that's 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 truly seeking. Right. And and, and if I'm being honest, there's a few key specifics here, a few key characteristics that I really really like about Nicodemus. And one specifically is that he's coming to Jesus at night. Now understand Nicodemus is a Pharisee. Based on what we know about him and and, and his posture towards Jesus, Nicodemus knows it all. All right. Nicodemus is one of these individuals that, that is supposed to have the answers. He's supposed to know. Let's make to be very, very clear. He's not, he's not sitting in class raising his hand to ask a question, right? When you sit in class, you raise your hand. Everyone's going to see you. You're right. Well, why is why is that's Nicodemus? He's the smartest of all of us. He's got the degrees. He's got the education. He's been teaching us for years. Why is why is the smartest among us the 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 the, the most educated and knowing among us, why is he going to this Jesus person? Why is he raising his hand in class to ask Jesus these questions? Shouldn't he know? So Nicodemus, as secretive as he can, goes to Jesus at nighttime under the cover of darkness. Now, I like this because we're looking at a man who is wrestling, who is struggling with the idea that he knows best for his life. And he's known best for his life. And, and, and he has sold so many self-help books <laughs> that people come to him to find out how to get their life together, how to live right, how to live appropriately. He's driving the Mercedes. He has the full retirement plan. His speaking schedule is booked for the year. He knows. But deep within the recesses of his own soul, there's this really, there's this voice that just won't let him alone. And it's this voice that just says over and over and over again. I don't know. And so the one who's supposed to know the answers goes to someone perplexed to ask the questions. I want you to know, I'm not quite sure he's there looking for Jesus. He knows Jesus is is a radical new teacher. And so he's going in the cover of night because he's not quite sure he wants to be associated He's not quite sure that, that, okay, he's doing these signs. He's doing, but, but understand, you know, Nicodemus is also sitting in the same circles where over and over again, they're talking about, we got to kill this man. We got to get rid of this guy. And the man who's supposed to know sneaks off in the, in the middle of the night to ask these questions. Have you postured yourself in a way And I really don't care how it is. I don't care if it's under the cover of night because Jesus honors it. Have we postured postured ourselves in a way where we begin just by being honest and saying, we don't know. I don't know how to live my life. It may look okay on the outside. Business might be going well. I might have the retirement plan. I might have some form of speaking engagement. And that might just be... Weekly yard work, taking care of the house. I have plans. But from the outside in, things look okay. But are we in a place that we're just willing to begin and say, I, you know, I know I act like I know. And I know people come and I, and I share positive advice and I try to share wisdom. But deep down, I just don't know. I just don't know. Because the place to begin, my friends, is we just need to go to Jesus. Not just the first time, but over and over again. See, see, I think we all go to Jesus in the cover of night. That's just my theory. Because we just don't know and we're, we're scared. But Jesus honors anyone who comes to him. Amen? Yeah. And then in the cover of night, what happens under the cover of night is Jesus transforms us one day at a time until the day comes and we just proclaim him boldly out in midday. But I want to throw to you a, a theory. Do we go to Jesus because we want to live? Or do we go to Jesus because we want to escape life? Yeah. Do we go to Jesus because we want to live? Or do we go to Jesus because we want to escape life? Now listen, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a life of sin, Absolutely. Jesus is the answer to escape a life of sin. Jesus is the answer to give us a new life, a new hope. I'm not talking about trying to escape a life of, of burden, a life of bitterness and a life, life where we're buried in, in, in sin and darkness. No, I, I'm talking about running away from the life that, that, that we understand. See, sometimes I'm convinced that we actually go to Jesus to run away from living to hide. We actually go to Jesus to hide. Because I don't want to deal with the, I don't want to deal with the, with the conflicts. I don't want to deal with the hardships. And we just want to run to Jesus to run away. But here's the, here's what I want you to tell you. If you're running to Jesus to run away from life, Jesus can't help you. Because Jesus is going to send his Holy Spirit. Jesus is going to go to the cross so that we can step into life. See, in the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to bring us encouragement. He wants to bring us hope. He wants to bring us faith. He wants us to to move through him out of the darkness of life into the light. And if we're just going to Jesus in the darkness, hoping to stay in the darkness, I'm sorry. We're going to be extremely disappointed because Jesus is not going to be able to help us we can't go to Jesus to hide from life because he came to us to offer us to live it out fully it's against his nature now in going to Jesus he receives us in going to Jesus he rescues us he provides safety for us he provides he provides all the things that 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 we need In this process of moving out of darkness and into life, he welcomes us. He is security. He is hope. He is rescue. But if we are going to him just so we can stay there, we're going to miss out on all the glory and intention that he is. John 3, verse 9. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? I don't know if that's a, a, a contradictory statement, like Jesus. How can this be? Or is this a head scratching statement? How how can this be? I don't know if it's. I don't know if he's wrestling. I don't know if he's wrestling because this is what he's desiring, or or, or if he's conflicting. And I agree. I agree with Dwayne. This is this is. I, I'm trying to receive this. I'm trying to understand Jesus because only even in being in your presence, there's something in my spirit that is saying you are the way, the truth, and the life. But, but how can this be? And Jesus answers him in verse 10. Are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I had to, told you <laughs> earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. I love these words. We don't. I believe Nicodemus chose Jesus. But but if I'm going to if I'm going to write out that little narrative myself. I think Jesus is speaking into his soul the very words that he needs for this moment. And I think Nicodemus walks away having some type of sparked reality where, where the fear with him is just kind of ignited, where his curiosity just kind of intersects with his humanity. And his soul is, is more full than it ever was before. And Jesus simply says, you're looking for signs? I'm going to give you one. I can only imagine in my, if I'm, I'll find out one day I'll sit down and I'll talk to Nicodemus. I think the moment that Jesus, the moment that he stepped into eternity was when he saw Jesus on the cross. I think there was just a moment that, that he time traveled from Genesis three, sorry, John three to John, help me out here. Justin, John 17. John 3, 1 to 17. Well, I think John 17 is where is the crucifixion. I'm throwing it out there. How about just the end of John? I think it's John 17. Have you ever, if you think back on your own journey towards meeting Jesus and seeking Jesus, did it ever happen all at once, or was it more like Nicodemus? Just kind of one day at a time. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit just kind of keeps keeps, you know, Jesus kind of keep like keeps stepping into your life. What did you say? 19, thank you. Just kind of like, just keeps like bumping into your life. Like, like someone who's trying to get to know you at the supermarket. Oh, excuse me. You look so familiar to me. Have we met before? Many, many times, and I'll see you again tomorrow. <laughs> what? And, and it's this individual who, becomes, who starts out as, out as a stranger, but you know that, that you're longing for relationship. And then you end up becoming friends and and, and, and this individual moves into your house and takes over your soul. But it doesn't happen all at once. It doesn't happen all at once. When we move into a relationship with Jesus, it's the beginning. Turn now with me to John 15. Because Jesus gave us. A little bit of the roadmap, a little bit of the expectation, a little bit—right, right. right, uh, What you're talking about, Zachary, is—is the 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 humanity. See, there is this thing, this very real thing. I'm sorry, friends, this very real thing in our world, in our lives. It's called sin. The reason we don't get it is because of sin. It's it's simple disobedience. It's simple clouding. You know, it's cataracts of the soul we just don't see but Jesus spoke these words in John 15:26 sorry lisa you're you're following along boy you're following along at, per, at perfect great perfect speed John 15:26 listen to Jesus speaking but when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they do not know the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. See, see, there's this real again, I, I don't wanna be I don't wanna I don't wanna be the, the bearer of, of bad news, but I certainly want wanna tell us the truth. There's a real spiritual war going on for your soul. And Jesus comes, he, he says to his disciples, and, and along with Justin, we want to encourage you, listen to the podcast online, read through the book of John, read through the book of Acts, and, and look at who the Spirit is. Look at the, who the Holy Spirit is and what he's doing and, and how Jesus is, is told us and, 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 and created the way. Because there is a real spiritual battle going on. And Jesus tells us, listen, I'm going to send you a helper. I know you don't get it. But if you trust me, I'm going to make sure that you do. That you do. If you trust me, I will show you the way. I will send you the one who will show you the way. And it means the posture for that is simply over and over again saying, I don't know. And sitting and waiting for for the Holy Spirit to lead us. See, I, I am deeply convinced that if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Actually, I actually have two pieces of advice for you. One, if you don't know what the whole, who the Holy Spirit is or what the Holy Spirit is doing, or you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, my advice to you is, is to do nothing except seek him. Ask the questions, Holy Spirit, who are you? Jesus, what do you want to say to me? Please help me to hear you and set time out of your day every single day to pray and to listen. Because he will speak to you. He wants nothing more than to reveal the power and presence of himself in your life. Jesus promises us. He doesn't want us to go through life in the darkness. He doesn't want us to go through life alone. So if you have not yet met Holy Spirit... As a follower of Jesus, you have not yet met Holy Spirit. I ask you, I challenge you to put an hour aside every day. If it's not that, start with a half hour. If it's not that, start with 15 minutes. If it's not that, start with five. But go from five to 15. And go from 15 to to 30. And go from 30 to an hour. Because what Holy Spirit wants to cultivate in in our lives, it's not just a longing and craving for Him. Because until we create a posture of listening... It's going to be very, very difficult for us to hear him because he whispers. Holy Spirit is not, is not going to fight for your attention. He's not going to, to scream and jump into your world louder than all the advertising and messaging in your life. The Holy Spirit is not going to jump onto your Facebook feed to, 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 to scroll over and over again. He wants to capture our hearts. And so if you don't know Holy Spirit or haven't heard Holy Spirit in a long time, I ask you and I challenge you to do that. Now now if you are in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you don't know what to do, my challenge is to do something. Because when you're passionate about God, you can trust your passions. When, you're, when, you're, uh, when your desire is for God, you can trust your desires. Because maybe sometimes the reason why we don't do anything is because God's waiting for us to do something. He's waiting for us to step out. He's waiting for us to raise our hand publicly. He's waiting for us to stand up and speak out what has been in our soul for so long. See, sometimes we get so used to going and waiting upon Jesus that we forget that God's actually sometimes waiting upon us. Because we grow to this point. He wants us to mature to a point that we step out trusting and believing that he's working. But see, there is this very real battle in our lives. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, I'm going to send this helper so that you won't be deceived. You're going to be... Attacked in this world, he simply said, right, people are going to kill you thinking that they're doing God a service because they don't know him in their righteousness. They're going to they're going to I like to say they're going to they might not actually kill you, but I like to use the imagery of throwing rocks at you. The world's going to throw rocks at you. Feeling in some sense that that they're doing the right thing. Throwing rocks, maybe, maybe calling you names, maybe just trying to diminish you because, because as we speak boldness and as we speak truth, and when conviction comes upon us, conviction is a terrifying thing. Have, have you experienced this? We, we'd rather go on living in a life of darkness, feeling confident and deceived than we would actually step into light and be humbled and fall on our knees. And as we live out for Christ, people are going to throw rocks at you. They're going to to want to shut you up. They're going to want to silence you. They're going to want to silence the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. And Jesus is saying very, very clearly that there's a a very real spiritual battle taking place in the world around you. I want to be very, very clear about this. The evil one will always disguise himself as truth. And Jesus will never lie. The evil one will always disguise himself as truth, and Jesus will never lie. And this is the complexity of it: if something always if someone something or someone always looks true, and one will never lie, how do you know which one to trust? How do you know? Well, Jesus says, "The Helper." The helper. And so we need the helper to guide us. And turn over with me now to Acts chapter 2. The helper comes. I'm going to. Let's go to Galatians 5.22 if you would. We'll come back to Acts chapter 2. I receive I, I weekly emails. Actually, they, they seem almost daily. I don't know if any of you guys have ever, ever heard of this, but I, I receive these uh, daily emails, and I don't want to receive them. I want to block them, but they keep my interest all the time. And so it's it, it's called interesting facts. Have any, any of you ever heard of the, these? It's like a daily email. I, I get this all the time, interesting facts. And I'm just so curious. I just want to know. I want to know why – Mickey Mouse looks the way he does. I want to know the tallest mountain in the world. I want to know. And it's all these ridiculous things. I want to know why hot dogs are called hot dogs. These are all like real interesting facts. You know, some of them are real. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are nonsense. But when you tell me something interesting, I'm just like, oh, I got to read it. I can't turn it away. Well, I got this one email um, last week or so. I've been holding on to it. And it's titled this. um, Six senses that you may not know that you Had." No, I grew up, that, that just really intrigued me because I grew up, I know of the five and I can barely get those right, right? <laughs> Hearing, smelling, tasting, seeing, touching. Yeah. Did I do good? Yeah. And, and so I was really intrigued by this. So I, so I, I read it and they added to the list. I, I want you to know that there's many very educated people in the world that have nothing better to do with their time than sit around and think of, <laughs> of, of, of other senses. Right. And apparently, we have like dozens and dozens. But here's just six. One is a sense of balance. Found that interesting. Sense of balance. Another one was um, just kind of like um, um, they call it. They call it interoception. Um, the the sensing of 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 being hungry, right? Or 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 the sense of 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 being sick, feeling something's you know a sense of of internal. Another was thermoception, a sense of, of temperature and heat. Um, I missed one in there, but um, another one was a sense of time. Any of you, I tend to wake up every morning um, about two minutes before my alarm goes off. And it's been like this for years. I, I don't need an alarm. I can just kind of wake up because my body just kind of knows, you know, it's actually very annoying. And again, <laughs> really quite a waste of time, but it's, uh, it's sensing. The last one is a sense, sense of pain. And so they go on and, and they have, thank you for letting me read those. I can now finally delete this. But <laughs> it made me think about other senses. The only way to know these this, the, this mimicking the fake from the true is to handle the true so much and so often that you can't be tricked. Right. And this is the word of God. These are the words of God. This is the Holy Spirit. And this is also why. Um, um, the best way to hear God's voice is to fill your soul with God's words. I can't tell you how over and over in my life. Oh, Kate, I love this. Sorry, guys. Here's the words of truth. I just don't remember where it's written. Right. Right. I have the words of God come to me so often. You know, behold, all things are new as Anne is speaking. I know it's i know it's a word of truth, I just, but I'll just go find it. I know it's in there. I, I, I heard God speak it, and I just have to remember to go find it, right? A few little pointers here in your life. Number one, God will never contradict himself, all right? If you sense something, sense God saying something leading you to do something is it in line with the word of God okay God will never contradict himself he will never say one thing and then have the scripture say something else this is not who he is second God does not condemn he convicts all right so if you're hearing a voice that says i'm a loser I'm an addict. I am a failure. I am this. I am that. That is not from God. That is from the evil one. Because in Jesus, we are made new. All right? We may be one who struggles with addiction or struggling to feel like a failure or one who struggles to to, um, feel shame or, or, or feel guilt. That does not mean we're guilty in Christ. The Bible says that we have been set free. In Christ, the Bible says, we are forgiven. So when the enemy comes and says, oh, you know, you're a sinner. Yes, redeemed through Christ. We have to take hold in the word of God, his promises. The enemy will use condemnation. But Jesus will always, the Holy Spirit will convict and speak truth. Practical advice, helpful. Yes. Galatians five twenty two. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to begin begin at Galatians five sixteen. I wanted to bring my, gla- my my reading glasses this morning. I'm so proud of them. I got a pair. I just want to sit up here and show you my age. So I forgot them, which is probably happens in old age also. <laughs> right? Galatians five sixteen. But I say, right, Paul writing to the church in Galatians. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. See, there's this real spiritual battle going on for your soul. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. You want to do. Listen, in Christ. Paul said, there's things I want to do, but I don't do them because there's still this thing called sin at work in my life. I want you to know one of the most powerful things that we can do in our life is recognize that sin's at work. All right. If you can understand that there is this evil in your life that wants to work its way out, then you can identify it and you can speak the word of God to it. As long as we live in the darkness and say, oh, no, no, I can keep doing that. Oh, no, no. That's no problem. See, see, there's a real battle happening. Understand that in our flesh, there are things that you and I want to do that we're not designed to live and carry out. And the language he uses here is, is, is the desires of the flesh. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you. Now, listen, this, is, this, this list this is not extensive. In my human experience, this is not an extensive list. I think mean, it goes on and on and on. As creative as, and as evil as human beings are, it goes on and on and on. It's not exhaustive. And the reality is, I think it's the way in these words written here. I think it's very, very easy for us to look at these descriptors as outdated. Idolatry. I don't struggle with idolatry. Right? I, 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 I do. I do check my Facebook every day to see if people are, you know, building me up or, or or satisfying my emotional need. I do um review my finances every day because I'm worried about not having enough. I do absolutely love, you know, this television program that I just can't escape, right? But please. Idolatry is not one of my issues, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't struggle with pride. I'm sorry, I don't. I just think I'm better than you. <laughs> so these words that he uses, rivalries, I mean, anger, kind of dissensions, okay, divisions, envy. The words that he uses here uh, just seem really outdated but if you actually think about them, it's actually, it's actually ground zero for the human soul. The way we judge each other, the way we get impatient, the way, that, the way that we react, the way that we don't have enough, the way that we need more, the way that we need to store, the way that we judge, the way that we're proud, the way that we're always trying to satisfy ourselves. I'm in an exciting season of life where I'm the dad of a 10-year-old boy. And I want you to know um, it's super exciting and also deeply enlightening. We, we're, we're going through seasons of life where unlike other people, our, our lives actually have like very open and close chapters. You know, uh, for the first 10 years of our life, I'll just be, be very, very open. You know, our relationships were, were, were basically you and our family. You know, um, my son had, had a couple friends, you know, but but predominantly, you know, pretty much dad, you know, mom and dad. Um, some of you here, right? Some of your kids here. And, and now at the age of 10, we, we moved, and, and now there's a whole bunch of hooligans running around in our backyard. And, and if, you, if you drive past my neighborhood, you'll, you'll find it because our, our, our internet password is, is hooligan6. Not password, our network is hooligan6 because they're always out, right? And it's interesting what happens Right? When, when you release your son to become friends with more and more people. I'd like, I'd like to tell you that, that all these children are raised in Christian homes. I really would. I'd like to tell you that, that life in Christ gets easier. I would. I'd like to lock my son in our house for the rest of his life. I would. But all these things here are happening fighting and jealousy. You know, uh, he, he had a friend come in the house the other day and stole one of, his, one of his toys. And we've been starting to have these great talks about learning how to be wise about the things that we entrust people with. Be friends, serve and love people, but, but learn to recognize and live out and find your best friends who can be trusted who that we can share life with? See, see, when it comes to, and I love this because I've been talking to my son about this. But I've already been paving the way towards towards the the you know the sex talk, and I just started sharing with my son. Son, there's things that we can share with everyone, and there's things that we only share with a special few. There's things that we're not designed to share with everyone but only those that we commit to. And, and, and this is what marriage is. This is. Marriage is this special commitment that we're designed to only share this very special area of our life with. We're not just supposed to share it with everyone. Why? Because it might get stolen. You let things out around the house that, that you didn't intend to share. It might get stolen. You might get hurt. There's practical wisdom here. Paul's just not saying, "Hey, don't do this because it's bad." He's saying this is not what you were designed for. You were designed to be complete and whole, and I will lead you in that wholeness. And he goes on. Read it. It's 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 deeply convicting if you break down the language to our everyday life. Um it just continues. I'll, I'll jump to verse 22 in a second. But he says, I warn you, as I warn you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. People, listen. This is the operating. I just want to repeat this one more time. This list here of very unnice things, very unnice behaviors, which I want you to know these behaviors Flow out of the operating system of our soul, and he says quite clearly that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, he's not—he's not saying that those who have in, who have engaged in these choices. What he's saying is those who reject who those who reject Jesus and those who reject the Holy Spirit will not inherit the kingdom of God which means that 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 longing that you have in your soul to be complete, that longing that you have in your soul that actually activates all of these, all this anger, all this strife, all this competition, all this chasing, that emptiness there will go on forever and ever and ever. See, Paul's not trying to point you away from God. He's trying to point you towards him. All this emptiness that you feel is because Christ wants to come and fill it. The Holy Spirit wants to come and live out his life within us and point us towards the life we were designed for. And here comes my point. 522. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Now, I'm going to stop there because I think these are spiritual senses. I think love is a sense. I think it's a spiritual sense that your soul knows. I don't know. I struggle with trying to understand what love is. Do you? I can kind of try to give you a definition. I can kind of try to give, give you some behaviors. I can try to say, oh, well, well, this. Hey, have you ever tried to describe to someone that if they did this, this would make you feel loved? And then they do it, but your soul still empty. See, see, love and joy and peace, these are soul, spiritual senses that you have within you even in your even in your disconnected state from eternity this is exactly where this emptiness comes from cuz we all want to be loved and we all want to we all want to be known we all want to be filled with something more we all want to this 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 thing called joy can you describe joy can you i mean you can put words to it but it's a soul sense isn't it Just walk down the street and and, and you'll be able to perceive who's filled with it and who isn't. Love, joy, and peace. You see, these are spiritual. We have these spiritual sensories within us that call us to Christ. And, and, And what happens is that when we move towards Christ, the Holy Spirit comes. And it says right here in this passage that when the Holy Spirit comes and we live in step with him and abide in him. Well, what happens? Well, patience happens you ever notice how more patient you are with someone that you love you ever notice how more kind you are with someone when love is just is just flowing within you you ever notice that that when you're full of joy how difficult it is to get for someone else to discourage you or when you're filled with with with, with goodness when you you're, you're, how much easier it is to kind of step out in faith have you ever noticed that when you're encouraged you have more courage, To step out, to speak to someone, to meet someone, to share something. Love, joy, and peace are spiritual senses. And I'm aware of the time. I I, I, I hope it's okay for you guys if I go just a few more minutes. I hope I'm not boring you. Love, joy, and peace are these spiritual senses and We chase them like, 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 like Dave said, we long for them. And, and the world is trying to sell them to you at something, at something 99, it might be, it might be, I'd say, you know, 99 cents at the, at dollar, the dollar score, but now it's one twenty five, right? It it might be, it might be, you know, your 56,000, whatever it is. It might be, you know, that new house. It, It doesn't matter what the price tag is. But under that price tag is always this hope for this, for this fulfilling thing. Now, I want you to know, I, and I'm going to convict myself here for a second. I'm going to be honest. I, I really, really don't like this world. I, re- I really, really don't. I like things perfect. I really, really do. I like getting that new thing, and I like keeping that new thing as perfect as it is. And when it gets a scratch or dropped or even just a little bit loose or wobbly, I am so disappointed. I'm the type of guy, I'm the type of individual that, that I want that item and then I want a, that, a backup of that item for it breaks. I want to have my cake and eat it too. I don't like this broken world that we live in. I don't like that my car breaks. I don't like that my car breaks down. I don't like it that it gets scratched. I don't like that I make mistakes. I don't like wasting money and I don't like wasting time. And guess what? I don't like getting sick. And all these things happen to me on a daily basis. Side note. If you're like me, do you know why you want things to be perfect? It's evidence that God exists. Long it's longing for the reality that we weren't created for this world. Why do we long for perfect things after living and being born and living out in a broken one? Right? Why is it when you drive past that auto, auto dealership, you know, that vehicle looks so shiny and so beautiful and so perfect. And then 20 years down the road, you're like, oh, man, I got to get rid of this thing. Right? My wife I want to share this guys, with you, this with you guys. You know that... Um, Back in December, uh, we walked through uh, a, month of, a month of COVID. Well, after COVID, um, Sharon came down with this phenomena, which apparently happens with very, very few people after she was, she, she was better. Um, and he researched it, this is true. Um, everywhere she went, she smelled smoke. Any of you have this? Huh, I think I just bruised So literally... Every breath she took, she'd smelled cigarette smoke or, or campfire smoke. And she's, I mean, she's, it's only starting to fade now after, after about a month. And she, and she <clears> says <throat> completely, it's like every breath I take, my lungs are filled with smoke. You know, she's running around the house. Nick, Kai, do you smell smoke? No, we don't smell. And it's extremely dangerous, obviously, because you can't, you can't smell. And, and you know, everything smells like smoke. You don't know if something's on fire or not. Everything smells like smoke. Do you guys smell smoke? you smell something burning? No. Do you know? What is that? No. Look it up. No, you know, and, and, and this whole time, I mean, even scientists don't know. Because something happened to her sensory, her her, her, her her sensory that that is telling her brain that she smells smoke when there's no smoke. And she believes it. She, she, she believes it because her senses tell her, right? Senses. Taste, touch, smell, right? I'm touching this. You cannot tell me it's not here. I touch it, it's real. I smell this, it is real. No, your brain is telling you something that's not. Your brain is telling you something that, that it's not. And, and it's, I know it's extremely difficult. I know it's completely overwhelming, but you're going to have to trust others that what you're sensing is not true. This is the work of the evil one in our life. You will think things are true. They will feel true. This is why we gather as a community. Wow. This is why we study the scriptures. If you don't know what's true, look around you. Please go to someone next to you. I'm sensing this. I keep smelling smoke. No, my friend. You don't. I keep feeling like I'm unlovable. I keep feeling like I'm unlovable. No, my friend, you are not.